begin in Numbers chapter 11 and then move to 1 Corinthians 14, beginning in verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, you must stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on all of them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. And continuing on in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you may prophesy. The one who prophesies speaks to the people for their edifying, encouraging, and comfort. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Like many of you, I grew up in this church and have spent a great deal of time here and respond to it as my main shaping for theological education, faith formation, and providing a community for basis of spiritual growth. So you can understand my surprise when in high school I began to experience things in my life that were never talked about at church. When I was 17, I began to have experiences based in the scriptures and on the scriptures that I had never heard about in church. And honestly, it started to make me wonder. It began with a phone call from my mom when I was in high school. She was visiting friends of hers in England that do a healing service out of their house and do extensive prayer ministry. And she described things that I had only heard about in the scriptures but never seen before. Speaking of healing, prophetic prayer, words that only God would know about. I was amazed, shocked even. I didn't know what to think. I remember asking her, just like in the scriptures, just like in the scriptures, she said. Many of you would have had these experiences at some time in your life. When your experience bumps up against your faith, or another way of putting it, your experience bumps up against what scripture says. And it was a challenging time. I wondered if this Since these things are in Scripture, if these things were still going on today, why had I never heard about them in this church? This experience then was extended. It wasn't just hearing about things on the phone. These friends came to visit us. And through a series of extensive questions that I asked them, I ended up receiving prayer from them. And this family friend of ours was telling me things about gifts that I had that she never could have known about. All my life growing up, I had heard people say things like, oh, I just knew God was speaking to me through that song, or that sermon really touched me and really spoke deep into the heart of what was going on. I knew God was speaking to me through that. In all my years in this church body, I'd never experienced that direct touch, knowing that God was speaking directly to me. 
it's nothing against the teaching here. Received a lot. I grew a lot, but I just never had that direct connection. But through that prayer that night at my house when I was 17 years old, a friend of mine told me something she could have never known on her own. And I knew for the first time someone else was on the other end of the line. God was real. He was speaking to me. He was speaking through this person sitting before me. And I knew it with the timing of the word and the accuracy of it of something she could have never known herself. I knew this could only come from God himself. Scripture is chock full of this stuff. The example I like to always use is Jesus with the woman of the well in John 4. When he goes up to her and starts talking to her about living water, and she's confused speaking of the physical water there. And then he starts to talk about the husbands that are actually not her husbands. And he, she quickly identifies him as a prophet. She knew that these words were coming from God, just like I did that day. But I was hooked. I was changed. I had experienced something I had never felt before. God was real, and he was speaking directly to me. I stayed up for hours that night asking this family friend questions. What was this all about? What was this thing that I had never experienced before? What was she here to teach me about? I dove deep and learned all that I could asking question after question after question. And it began for me a journey, a wild ride of fun engagement with a living God who still speaks today. I'm sure scriptures are coming to your mind. Man cannot survive on bread alone, but every word that comes, present tense, comes from the mouth of God. Friends will ask me, does, does this scripture speak of the scriptures? Yes, I would always say, but I don't think it's just the scriptures. You see, our loving Father desires relationship with us, intimate and personal, so much so that he sends his own spirit to dwell within us. And it doesn't just stop there. There's ongoing communication from our God. As I like to say, God is a chatterbox. And once you begin to listen to him, I think you will quickly discover that he will not stop talking. But don't worry, this is almost always a wonderful thing. See, I found it fascinating that before David took us through a series on listening to God, he took us through a series on understanding God's heart for us, what he likes to call identity, our God as loving Father, and us as his beloved sons and daughters, who he comes and gathers to us saying, Do not fear, I have made right for all things. We call it grace. You see, our understanding and expectation of who God is shapes so much of what we hear from Him. And if that sounds off, I just encourage you to think of the times you come out of a meeting frustrated from some interaction with a friend or family member, and you go and vent to someone who's a little more objective in the situation and explain what was said, and they point out calmly and patiently that maybe we misunderstood what was actually meant or what was being conveyed. See, as I prepared for this morning, I thought about how to communicate, how to hear from God, how to listen to Him. Because the reality is that prayer is not just a one-way street of us lofting up requests and stresses and affections to God. No, it's much more like a two-way conversation. 
as I like to ask my students, when you go out to dinner with a friend, are you the only one who talks or do you listen as well? And what of this intimate personal relationship that God speaks and seeks from us do you think would change that reality? You see, at the core of everything in the kingdom is relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have a triune God, three in one, who perfectly interrelate with one another. Relationship is at the core of everything. And what is foundational to relationship but communication? This morning, in this context of this series on God speaking to us, I want to talk about a specific kind of communication. And highlight that God still indeed speaks to us today. And not just to us, but through us. So let's dive into these scriptures that we looked at this morning. The first Corinthians passage, which is so crucial to this look at prophecy, where it describes Paul's desire that we all prophesy. Let me just quickly give you a description that we use in the prophetic ministry, in the prayer ministry here at church. What we say is that prophecy is just sharing God's heart for people. So if that's still a frightening word from some type of negative experience you'd had, I just encourage you to supplement those words in when you see prophecy. And instead of saying, I desire that you should all prophesy, I say, I desire that you should all share God's heart for other people. For isn't that what God comes to do anyways? So what does this look like? Well, in the prophetic, in the prayer ministry, when we talk about developing a prophetic culture, what we mean is we want everyone to learn to hear from God themselves. In Jeremiah 31, the scriptures talk about, then no longer will man turn to his neighbor to ask who is God. They will know him directly. So that first important step that we want all people in this intimate, personal connection with God Have you ever walked into a room, or even better yet, anticipated walking into a room where someone who is so positive, so loving, so adoring of you sits, who encourages you so much? You get excited about seeing these people. Think of the family members that rush out to greet you at the curb, that hug you, that smile, that kiss your face, that tell you how good you look, even when you've gained 10 pounds. Think of these people... I want you to think of these people when you think of going to our loving Father, our Heavenly Father, who says, while we were dead in our sins, Christ died for us. I want you to surround yourself with all the scriptures that talk about God's love for us. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I take great delight. Think of how God longs to gather us, His children, in His loving arms and nourish us. Think of how scripture says He delights over us in singing. David talks about how the most important thing that we think in life is what God thinks of us. And I'll encourage you in my experience in this prayer type of prayer ministry, what we think God thinks of us will shape how we understand and perceive what he says about us. And so David, in his normal, wise approach, starts with God as loving Father and us as his beloved children before we look at what God says over us. So always start with hearing from God, we say, in creating this prophetic culture. 
Next, we look at teaching people how to give a prophetic word, a word of encouragement, a word of edification, a word of strengthening. We ask them to text it and couch it in a few things. First of all, does it fit in with the Scriptures in the nature and manner of God as revealed to us in the Scriptures? In the nature and manner of God as revealed to you in your life? And then we ask, with that verse from 1 Corinthians 14, is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Does it comfort? And if it doesn't fit in these tests, we just ask people to hold it back. And then most importantly, we test the recipients of these encouraging words to test them themselves. We always begin with the Scriptures. Does it fit with the Scriptures? Does it fit with the nature of God as you understand Him in your life? And is it edifying, encouraging, and comforting? And if it doesn't fit with any of these things, we ask you to just throw it out. We test it in the same way we all have learned to test teachings over the years. And we'll sit there and hear people say things, and our mind will begin to process, and we'll say, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if that fits with what I know. I'm going to have to think about that. We encourage people to do that. It's normal. It's natural. We do it all the time. We also encourage people to couch things with a lot of humility and say, it it seems like God may be saying this and invite those people to test it. I often think of the Council of Jerusalem when they say with their final letter, it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that It seems good to us and the Holy Spirit that. And we always start with encouragement. Oftentimes I feel that people fear this type of thing, but when they sit down to actually receive it, it turns them. They experience love and encouragement. As one of our pastors says, it feels like getting a big kiss from God. And in my experience, it is the most personal and intimate way I know to interact with the Father. So why are we talking about that this morning? Well, in our journey of identity, of discovering God as loving Father, of learning to hear how God speaks to us, prophecy is a key part of that. It has been an active part of the body of Christ, as you can tell from the scriptures this morning, throughout the Old and New Testaments, and it is still active today. As you saw this morning when we took quick polls, people in our own community have experienced this type of prayer, along with many of our pastors. When we invite pastoral groups to come and visit, David will line up prayer appointments for them for this type of prayer. And oftentimes we have pastors who have never experienced this before in their lives. And they go in nervous and a little afraid. And they leave smiling, joyful, sometimes even joyful tears, touched by our loving Father. Friends, God is alive and moving today. He is active in all of our lives and desires us to be with Him and know Him. And even know Him so well that we learn to hear His voice. I invite you on this journey, if you haven't experienced this, to step out in it. Stick your toe in the water a little bit. 
Come up for prayer after the service. Ask for this type of prayer. Be open. Ask questions. Seek out the scriptures. But most of all, ask the Lord to begin to speak to you in new ways. And I encourage you, it will become the delight of your life. May we all learn to know directly, not just from our neighbor, the voice of our loving Father. Amen.